Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Amen. I am going to ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 14. I remember someone told me one time, that the book of Numbers is the most boring book in all the Bible. And uh, I don't believe that it is. Leviticus is the one. <laughs> if you have it, say amen. Before we read it, you know, a, a couple months ago, um, we attended what's called district council. Um, our church is affiliated with the Assemblies of God uh, Fellowship, and uh, we've been affiliated with them since my, my, my grandpa pastored this church. And this, this past week, we attended General Council. That's for the whole national, all, all the church, all the Assemblies of God churches in the U.S. District, district Council is specifically for our district. And we were there a few months ago, and during that event, they played a tribute video of all the pastors and all the ministers who had passed away uh, in the year 2020. And uh, I, I remember being there silently crying. Pastor Melissa was right there. She was sitting next to me. I, I, didn't, I didn't want her to see me crying because then she would have looked at me and asked me, like, why are you crying? You don't know anybody there. And uh, it's true. I didn't, know, I didn't really know anyone on that screen, on that slideshow that they were, that they were playing. Um, but, uh, I, I was crying because even though I didn't know any one of these people, I, I started to realize that every single one of them was a person, a man or a woman who dedicated their life to the work of God. They dedicated their life to the ministry. They dedicated their life to the church. And that is what led me to tears. It wasn't that I was grieving for these people. It was a fact that earth lost good kingdom soldiers. And with every, I remember every photo that came up, I thought, man, that's one less person who's going to preach the gospel. That is one less person who's going to proclaim the name of Jesus to somebody in need of Jesus. That's one less builder of God's kingdom. And it just moved me to tears because in a world where the harvest is already so plentiful and the workers are already so few, we should all feel the weight of grief when a man or a woman of God departs from this world. They're fallen, fallen soldiers. And then this past week came, General Counsel and, and, and the National Fine Arts, and I was encouraged to see the hand of God at work through thousands of young people as they, de as they develop their, their ministerial gifts. Man, we have talented, creative, intelligent, most importantly, anointed young people that God is raising up in the next generation. And it's, this week, God reminded me. He said, don't worry, my church is strong. Don't worry, my church is resilient. My church is built to last. My church is built on the rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The Holy Spirit, man, he is always at work in the church. He's always at work in the church. Even when this generation, our generation passes, the Holy Spirit will still be present. 
And that brings me so much joy. It brings me so much comfort because one of our greatest fears as, as parents, if anybody's a parent, is leaving our children as, as orphans, leaving our children as, as helpless, right? But I am confident in knowing that when I pass, the Holy Spirit remains. The Holy Spirit is still here to convict. The Holy Spirit is still here to, to bring people to salvation. And that, bring, that brought me so much joy this week that the gospel will still be preached. The next generation will still be reached. You see, God will use certain people to reach certain people. God is raising up a generation right now that truthfully you, you or I might have a hard time reaching because we don't understand them, because we can't relate to them, because we don't speak the same cultural or generational language as they do. I, I still don't know how to use TikTok. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to use TikTok. But God is raising up a generation that can and will reach the unreachable. And, and I'm glad that our church, Numa Church, is a part of what God is doing through our, our young people. Uh, before I preach my whole sermon, let's, let's get to the word. Numbers 14, we're going to be reading 5 through 10. 5 through 10. Amen. And if you don't have it, I have it here on the screen. It says this, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of uh, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now in the next section, we're going to keep reading. The next section, God appears to his people and he tells them, how long will you despise me? God tells Moses that he will send plagues uh, to his people for their disbelief. And Moses, the great interceder, he prays, and God has mercy on his people. And this is what God says in verse 20. It says, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in, in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give their fathers. And none of those who despise me shall see it but my servant Caleb because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, for what you have done here this morning, Lord. I thank you because I know that your Holy Spirit is in the room, my God. I, I, I thank you because I know that this word is, is for somebody here today, my God. And I pray that you speak it, Father God, uh, through these servant lips of mine, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. I've entitled my sermon today, The Different. The Different. Every generation that passes by is different, right, than the previous generation. I think that's something that we can all agree on. I think it's funny that, that every former generation thinks that the net, next generation is totally done for, right? We, we're convinced. We're convinced that the next generation is a godless generation because we see things that our generation didn't see growing up. And that scares us, 
I'm scared as a parent of what my children will be exposed to the older they get. And I have to pray fervently for, for, for God to just protect them, right? And keep them on the path of righteousness because they're going to deal with things that I've never dealt with. Things that I don't, I don't really know how to equip them. I don't know how to prepare them. I don't know how to speak to them because what they're dealing with as a generation is so different. There are differences between generations. There's differences between cultures, religions, social class. I mean, you name it. And as much as I would be privileged to reach all of those people, I know that I cannot do it alone. Neither can you. As much as I would love to, I can't do it. Not only can I not do it physically, I can't do it because there are some people, like I said, I won't be able to get through. There are, are certain people that I, I can't relate to. There's people that are not going to like me. And because they don't like me, that is going to create a, 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 a barrier where I can't even communicate with them effectively. There are going to be people that disagree with so much of what I believe as a person that they won't even give me the time of day to hear what I have to say. So we have to realize this. There's going to be people in our lives that are so different from us that we cannot reach them effectively. But I praise God because for as many different types of people that come into our world, God is equipping his church with different sets of abilities, dispersing them to different types of people that will allow them to reach uh, those who would be unreachable for us. Amen. I ain't going to lie. I, 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 this was a tough week. It was a busy week. I wrote the sermon yesterday. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading, right? But my point this morning is that God is, God uses the things that we are not comfortable with, the things that we are not familiar with, the things that we would say, you know what? I don't want to touch that. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't even think it's of God, but it might be of God. It's just different. And so we have to have the discernment to know when something is different, but it's still God. Because there's people in our world that we cannot reach with our own set of abilities, with our, our, our own set of speaking skills, with, with, with what we know how to do. And so God is equipping other people to reach those. I remember... You know, I, I remember the different things that emerged in my generation, and it caused some resistance. I remember. I remember being, I've, I've been in church, this church, a long time. I've, I've seen the different things that emerged from generation to generation, and it, it caused resistance. It, it made people ask questions. I remember when, when wearing jeans on a Sunday morning was still controversial. Some churches still, it still is controversial. I remember one time we had some rappers come on a youth night. And uh, this, is, this is even before I was in youth group. I was probably like 10, 11 years old. And they came up on stage and, and, and they were rapping. And, you know, the, the, the pastors, the leaders at the time that got criticized. How are you going to allow worldly music in the house of God? I remember inviting some, my dad will be able to tell you this one. I, I invited some, it was a praise dance team uh, from the school that I went to. I went to a, a Christian private school and, and I invited this praise dance team on a, on a Friday night and they came, they were doing their, their dances for Jesus and, and there, was, there was someone outside sobbing, weeping 
because this generation is going to hell. And they told my dad, how could you allow such sin in the house of God? But you know what all of this did? None of it was provocative. None of it was sinful in any way. It was just different. And it told the person who doesn't have the nicest clothes that they can come in. They're welcome. I'm wearing jeans too, brother. You can come in. That young person who really has a love for rap music, it introduced God through that rap music. It, It told the person who, you know, they can't help but move a little bit, right? And whenever they hear the beat drop, whenever they hear some, some music, it told them, it's okay to dance for Jesus. It's okay to praise. It's okay. You don't have to just sit still all the time. It's okay to move around like David. David danced in the presence of God. It's okay. It's okay, Brother Edward. In, uh, in other words, what I'm saying is the different reached different people. And that's something worth celebrating not criticizing. Now, in many ways, this story that we just read, it's, it's about generation, but, but, but what it's mostly about is the distinction between two groups of people. Moses and Aaron just delivered a generation out of Egypt that saw firsthand the glory of God, right? I want you to stick with me now. We're, we're going to get a little biblical theological here. They saw God do impossible things, that generation. They saw God part the Red Sea. Now, I know that when we talk about God parting the Red Sea, we, we, we just do it so nonchalantly because we've heard the story so many times. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't affect us anymore. Oh, yeah, God part of the Red Sea. Like, yeah, he does it every day, right? It, it just, it's something, if you grew up in church, you just grew up hearing and it kind, of, it kind of takes away the power of it, but I want you to understand the importance of this miracle. This series of miracles that God did in Egypt, it was God's formal introduction of himself. Not only to the Egyptians, but to the Israelites. It was God, the parting of the Red Sea was God's grand finale as he delivered his people out of Egypt, saying to them, this is who Yahweh is. This is the power of God power of the I am. I don't have to fill in the blank. I am the miracle worker. I am the rescuer. I am the deliverer. I am the healer. I am the one who does impossible things. I am the one who holds back seas. The generation that God uh, brought out of Egypt, they saw this great power of God firsthand. And God also did it to set a precedence of what he would do in the future. He did it so that this could serve as a reminder Sometimes God does things in your life to serve as a reminder for future events. Sometimes God will do a miracle today, not necessarily because you needed the miracle today, but because you're going to need it later on in the future. And you're going to be able to look back and say, if God did it, then he could do it now. God did this miracle to serve as a reminder of what God can do, even in the midst of uncertainty. And throughout the Old Testament, we see God doing this. Before God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God says in Exodus 12, you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for on this very day I brought your host out of the land of Egypt. We find many examples of this, where God is reminding his people, I am the God who took you out of Egypt. That is the significance. That is why God 
did it. God could, God could have found any other way. God showed off with this miracle. And it set a precedent to the Israelites and to all of those surrounding them. Oh, that they serve the God who parts the Red Seas. They serve, I, I heard about this God who holds back the seas for his people. That's why God did it. And yet the generation that saw it firsthand was the generation that began to forget about the power of God when they confronted uncertainty and fear. Imagine seeing the, imagine seeing the hand of God literally part a sea and still being afraid. Imagine God, seeing God do amazing things, but you losing your faith. That's what happened with this generation of people. The passage that we just read in Numbers 14 That was the response from from Joshua and Caleb, right, to a fearful generation. Moses, if you know the story, Moses had sent out spies to go and scope out this land of Canaan um, because God said that the land of Canaan, it it belongs to you. This is the promised land. This This is the land that I swore to your forefathers. It's yours. And so they sent out spies to see what kind of things they're gonna have to confront. What kind of people are there? And the spies came back. And they gave the report to Moses, and it was terrible. It was, it was an F. You, you failed. It was terrible. I, we're, I'm in real estate. We deal a lot with inspectors and inspections. If you know anything about buying or selling a house, the inspection report can kill a deal. Because some of some, my, my dad will be able to tell you, too. <laughs> These inspectors, man, sometimes they're so dramatic about the tiniest things, and it just scares people away. Right, the report will say something like the 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 faucet area needs caulking. There's apparent leakage. Uh, see a professional immediately. Right, and that that scares people away. They're like, oh man, it's gonna cost me twenty grand. No, I'm I'm backing out. And I'm like, no, it's not. Right, that's how I imagine Joshua and Caleb felt upon hearing this report. Like it's not that dramatic, guys. It's not it's not that bad. The spies came back and they said, look, the land of Canaan, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's flowing with milk and honey. It's got, it's got fruit and it's got plentiful water. This is the land that God promised for us. I can't wait to inhabit it. We have to live there, but also we can't live there. Because the cities are fortified. They're, they're, they have men who are the size of giants. Compared to them, we are like grasshoppers. They will squash us if we go and try to take this land. That was their report. And that's when Joshua and Caleb raised their voice in opposition. Now, I want want to be technical here, okay? Joshua and Caleb, they weren't necessarily like a younger generation, right? It's It's not like these are little kids opposing the old generation of people. But what they had, the Bible says, was a different spirit. Some will say different. They had a different spirit than everyone else. And this is why God says, no one who saw what I did in Egypt will see the promised land except for them because they're different. They have a different spirit. And so God decides that an entire generation of people with the exception of these two men will not inherit the promised land. Look at verse 28. It says, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness. And all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have grumbled against me 
Not, not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell except Caleb and Joshua. But your little ones who you said will become a prey, I will bring in and they shall know the land that you have rejected. See, sometimes God has to get rid of rotten spirits. Sometimes God has to get rid of bad attitudes. Rotten points of view. You, you, you're, some of us, sometimes we are, we are stuck in our ways, and, and, and God is like trying to, you know, you know stuck in your ways, it, it also means heart in heart. I am, I'm, st- I'm stuck in this way of thinking nothing is going to break it. That's when God gives you over to your heart and heart. And so sometimes God has to get rid of that to make way for something new. Okay, now please don't miss what I'm preaching. Okay, this is not a message about one generation being better than the next generation. This is, this is the message about embracing the different that so many times we're so quick to dismiss because we don't understand it. And because we've never done it before. And because it goes against what is comfortable and what is familiar. The people of Israel, they were ready to stone Caleb and, and Joshua. Because what they were proposing went against the general consensus of the congregation of Israel. That is too radical. That's too ambitious. Young people, how many times have people told you that? That's too unrealistic. Man, I, I, used to, I used to be a dreamer when I was a kid, man. I had the craziest dreams. The cra- like, like, like ambitions. I already told you, you guys know my story. I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be a, a police officer. I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be the president of the United States. I wanted to be an astronaut. And I wanted to be a, a water truck driver, the, the guys that carry the drugs. And <laughs> one time they came to the house, and I was like, man, this seems like a cool de- uh, job. I asked my dad, how much do how much you think they make? <laughs> I just, I wanted to be, I wanted to be everything. In sync, yeah, I wanted to be a part of In Sync. <laughs> My mom's over here ratting me out. But that's what they were told. It was it's too radical, it's too unrealistic. Maybe it was just too different. Maybe it was just too out of the norm. You know, one of my prayers as a pastor church is that I may always discern when God is in the different. You know. I, I, I get Moses. Like, I understand his dilemma. I could so relate to him in this passage. Moses was a pastor. Moses, Moses represents the people of Israel. He loves his people, even though they grumble and he, he gets mad with them. And, and he's like, God, just smite them already, right? He has a love for his people. He's an advocate on behalf of Israel. And, and so he wants to do the best that he can as a representative so he wants to please God, but he also doesn't want to displease the people that he pastors. And I get that. I get it. I understand where he's coming from. And you'll notice that in the story, Moses, the leader of Israel, he's silent in all of this. He doesn't, he doesn't take a side. He doesn't express his opinion He's not saying, yeah, let's stone Joshua and Caleb, but he's also not saying, let's go and take our land. He's quiet. Moses. I wonder if they got mad at Moses for not speaking up. I wonder if Joshua and Caleb pulled him to the side and said, Moses, come on, man. 
or he was too, he was too pulled in the other direction by the, by the majority, by the consensus. I think that Moses was quiet because he knows that Caleb and Joshua are correct, but he doesn't want to say something because their opinion isn't popular. Political, man. It's too different from what everyone else wants. It goes against the grain. So my prayer is, God, allow me to know when you are in the different and then allow me to boldly choose to stand on the side of you. Because how many, how many, how many of you have heard pastors say, man, God is, God is doing something new, but at the same time, resist when God wants to do the new thing. God is about to do something new, but you're, you're resisting it. God is going to do something new in the lives of these young people, but, but we, we don't want to share the platform with them. You minister on youth night. You teach your class. If God has shown you something new, church, if God has said, I, I'm, I'm going to do something new in your life, you know where I'm going. You, you probably have to do something new. If God is going to take you to a place that you've never been before, you'll have to do things you've never done before, right? You can't do the same. I'm speaking to somebody today. You can't do the same thing expecting a different result. You have to do a different thing to get a different result. And sometimes we're just, we're, we're doing the same thing over and over and over expecting something different. And God is saying, I want to do something different, but you're doing the same thing God says, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and he has followed me, I will bring into the land. Now, if, if you're like me, when, when you read the Bible, you ask questions. My question was, what was different? What was so different about Caleb and Joshua? What, what was this different spirit that God speaks of? Anybody know? Caleb and Joshua were willing to fight. They were willing to go in and take possession of the land. That meant putting up a fight. And you have to remember that the Israelites, they're fresh out of Egypt. All they know how to do is eat, work, sleep. Eat, work, sleep. Eat, work, sleep. They don't don't have an army. They don't know how to engage in warfare. In fact, this is why many years later they asked God for a king so that they could finally, as a nation, defend themselves. They don't know how to fight. So when Caleb says what he says, he's proposing something totally new and scary to the rest of the people. So let's read it again now that we have the context. The land which we pass through to spy it out is exceedingly good. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. He had to hype them up. He's clearly trying to encourage them and motivate them to lean into this thing that they have never done before, but they resist it. Caleb, we've never fought before. What you're proposing is too ridiculous. It's too ambitious. It is suicidal. We don't know how to fight And the reason that this generation did not inherit the promised land is because they didn't embrace the different that God required of them. And the question I want to propose to you today is what different are you resisting? 
What different are you saying, no, God, that's, that, no, that's uncomfortable. I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. What is it? Maybe it's a calling. Maybe it's, maybe it's a calling that requires you to leave behind what you know. Maybe it's a calling that requires you to, to move away. Maybe it's a calling that requires you to, to step out of your, of, your, of your job, out of the workforce, and, and go into something new. God told Abram, go into this land that I, I'm not even going to tell you where it's at. Just leave. Just go. It was different. What is God telling you to do that is so different? Maybe it's cutting away certain people from your life. But God, this is, this is my friend. God, this is, this is what I know. This is all I know. This is the relationship that I'm, that I'm used to. Maybe it's adopting a new way of doing things that you've never done before. I'm gonna, I want to say something with all due respect this morning, but I need you to hear this. You ready? I got a question for you. Got a question. I want you to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself this question in your spirit. Answer honestly. Do you really think that you have it all figured out? Do you really think that your way is the way? Because for many generations before us, and perhaps our own generation, this is the sentiment that we often possess, that we're right and everyone who disagrees with us is wrong. Can I admit something to you today? Angel, brother Angel, can you get some keys? I'm going to talk to you. The way that we do church as Numa Church isn't the way of doing church. It's a way of doing church. I believe it's an effective way. I believe it's a powerful way of doing things, but it's not the only way of doing church. My dad's generation, they had their way of doing things a little, a little bit differently. It was still effective. My grandfather's generation was way different than ours but it was still effective for that time. The next generation, these guys over here, they're going to do things differently. They're already doing things differently. But I believe in Jesus' name that it will also be done effectively. My, my, my message to you today is, is not to resist the different that God wants to do because God is so much bigger than your generation. He's so much bigger than, than your culture, than, 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 than your preferences and your interests. God is so much bigger. And when we don't allow the different to take place in the church, we will miss a blessing that God wants to do simply because we were uncomfortable with it. Man, I look at the next generation. I look at these kids and sometimes I think, man, th that is weird. The next generation church, what, what, are, what are they thinking you know, you know there's, there are churches that are completely virtual. Not because they had to because of COVID, because they wanted to. They chose to be virtual. When I saw the first virtual church, it was actually before COVID, and I, I admit I had a lot of criticisms. I was like, how's that going to work? I'm sure, I'm sure you can think of many criticisms too. But then I started thinking, you know what, God? You can use that. Not for me. It might not be for everyone. But if you can get honor through that, 
I'm better off praying for those churches than criticizing them. We're, we're better off praying for the things that are different that still honor God than criticizing them because we don't like them. Sometimes we're, we're no better than the men who cast stones at Joshua and Caleb. I'd say that many times we do cast stones with our words because some, someone's way of doing something is way different than the way that we would do them. Sometimes we call sin, we, we call things sin that isn't sin. And we drive out people away that are just a little bit different because we think different means ungodly. And I want to challenge you today, church, to embrace the different when God is behind it. I want to encourage you to to encourage the different that exists in the next generation. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's ungodly. I pray that we may discern when God isn't in it and when he is in it. And when he's not in it, rebuke it. When he is in it, welcome it. Let's not be a generation that hinders. Let's not be a church that pushes away ideas just because we don't know what to do with them. And I say this, the reason that I'm preaching this, you might, you might be saying, well, why, why is he preaching this message? It's kind of random. The reason I'm preaching this message is because I know, I know God is getting ready to do something different at Numa. God, listen, for, for, I'm, I ain't lying. God is getting ready to bring different types of people into this church, and we're not going to know how, what to do with them because they're too different. He's going to do something different in these young people. They're going to do things that might make me feel uncomfortable. They might want to bring things to the table that I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and because I'm, because like Moses, I might be listening to my generation that's saying, no, nah, that's too weird. But what if God is saying, no, let's, let's try this. God is getting ready to do something different in this, in this ever changing world. And we have to be prepared to recognize when God is in the different. I will not be the person who casts stones, but rather welcomes a move of God, no matter how different it may be. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. And I want to, I want to have, I want to have all the youth come up. I know we did this last week, but I want to, I want to pray for something different this morning. <clears throat> come on, if you're if you're a young young person, by and that has a definition, young. <laughs> if you are in high school, if you are in middle school. The next generation. I want you to. I want you to come up, and and what we're gonna do as a church is we're we're gonna we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray that God use them in the way that He wants to use them. Lil B, I'm your pastor. 
but I don't want to micromanage you. I don't want to micromanage your ministry. I don't want to micromanage your calling. I want to help you. I want to, I, I want to help you, man. Th- this, th- this, this group is so, is so talented, so anointed. I, I look at Missy and I, I, I have to, I have to tell her uh, as well as Andrea and Man, I, I try to encourage them. You're, man, the pictures that you guys are taking, they're awesome. All the pictures that they're taking are on our Instagram. They look, they're great. And God, God, man, God is doing something in this, in this generation. And I believe that it's not because of me. See, that word that was given, there's going to be 200, 200 young people. This, this place is going to be filled with young people. That's not going to be because of me. That's going to be because of y'all. I might not know how to reach them. Uh, the, the jokes that I tell on a Sunday morning, they might fall flat on those people. Y'all better be laughing, though. Y'all, come on, represent, okay? But the people, the, the people that, I, that, 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 that are in your generation, I might not be able to reach them like you guys can. So this morning, I want, I want to act. I preached a message on this a few, a few weeks ago. I want to activate their anointing. I want them to know. I want them to know, man, when I go into my schools, when I go into my social environments, I am the word of God before their eyes. I am, Jesus is in me and God is going to use me to do things that might be different, things that my parents might not have done, my pastor might not do, but if God is in it, do it. So I want... I want us to cre- I want us to come forward church and we're going to we're going to create kind of a, a fortified city around our young people. And we're going to cover them in the blood of Jesus and we are going to pray over their lives. Uh, may- maybe you don't have a, a kid up here that's that's okay just come and as as the next generation what we're doing here this morning is we are we are validate not that not that you need our validation but we are saying hey it's okay to be different. As long as God is working, do what he has called you to do. I'm going to have to worship team. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.